Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and uh, my co-host Justin Baker just uh, a little bit late. The old uh, the old boss man holding him back. So uh, it's just me to start the show. Justin will be calling in shortly. Uh, gonna try doing this because uh, you know I've I've got a certain amount of time. Justin's got a certain amount of time. So we're just gonna see what happens here. Um, so it's just just me, but Justin will be calling in here in just a minute. Uh, on today's show, we are going to be previewing the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, what an unbelievable end to uh, to that conference final. Uh, they, the Colorado Avalanche just blowing the Edmonton Oilers out of the water. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that I had that series entirely wrong. Um, I went out on the limb. I, I knew I shouldn't have. Actually, Justin asked me, he said, who are you picking for the conference finals? Because he posted on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk, if you want to find us. And I told him, so, I mean, my picks have been eh, less than great up to this point through the playoffs. Uh, it's why I don't gamble. And he asked me who I, who I picked and I, to win. And I said, you mean, who do I pick to lose? Because it seems like whoever I picked to, to win loses. Uh, I went Edmonton Oilers in seven. And literally the exact opposite happened. Uh, not only did the series only go four games, the Colorado Avalanche won all four of those games. So the Avalanche sweep, sweep the Edmonton Oilers and uh, Connor McDavid's love life takes a big hit because of it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head to Twitter now. There, I, I swear my whole feed. I thought that I was on some just like someone's comments or feeds. I don't know. And it was just my Twitter feed was the Connor McDavid video over and over and over again. Memes and comments about this video. Uh, Connor McDavid caught out with uh, another girl and he realizes that somebody's watching that video and oh my goodness it is it's absolutely tremendous um yeah he where I think the hashtag is McHammered hashtag McHammered so just go look up hashtag McHammered and you'll uh, you'll be there so I had the like I said I had the Oilers in seven and the Avs one in four uh the Avs kind of they just dust the Oilers off and they get a, a solid what eight day break which is fantastic I think going into going into the finals it, it's it's not the best when you get a a long break from the first round to the second round like you just kind of get rolling you, you know you, you get that big win you get the monkey off your back I don't care what team you are I don't care how many first rounds you've won or if you haven't won any at all winning that first round is so clutch uh, I think that it's a lot easier to lose in that first round to a to an underdog who's got nothing to lose. Once you move into the second and the third round, you're generally, you know, th- things things are just a little bit different. The vibe is different. The the focus is different because of how deep you've gotten in the playoffs at that point. So once you get past that first round, you kind of want to keep that momentum going, and and likely you're not completely decimated by injuries yet. Uh, you get into that second, that third round, and you see what happens. Now, granted, I guess Tampa Bay, uh, Braden Point gets hurt in Game 7 against the Leafs, so that's not entirely true. Uh, but these eight days for the Avalanche have been, uh, have been you know, you, you're not never going to complain about getting that moving into the finals. The finals, I th- I th- you're going to have no trouble getting amped up. I, I'm not going to buy into... 
the avalanche being rusty going into the finals. Give me a break. Get out of here with that crap. That's a, it's a, just a terrible take. Uh, and the lightning, they get three days off. So they still get some time to, to prepare some time to get healthy. Braden point might be back for game one. It sure looks like it. He's been skating at practice. So, uh, actually when I say might, uh, I'll go ahead and say that he's going to be back for game one and boy, are they going to need him? Um, and, and, you know, with all that long break for Colorado, that also gives Darcy Kemper is now available for them. So we don't know if they'll go with uh, with Frank Coos or with Kemper. Uh, both goalies have played well. Uh, it's seemingly whoever you put out there for the Avalanche does well because the Avalanche can outscore everyone. Uh, but they are going up against uh, quite possibly the best goaltender of the last 15 years, you know, who's the best goaltender? Look look before Vasilevsky. Who's the best goaltender for an, a team that has won the cup since then? I guess Marc-Andre Fleury, you'd put him, uh, him in there. But Marc-Andre Fleury was never at the Vasilevsky level, right? Like Marc-Andre Fleury was a fantastic goaltender. He's a Hall of Fame goaltender, uh, which is crazy to say that he's not at the same level. Uh I don't know that Marc Andre Fleury was. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess there was a time where he he was talked about in the same way that Vasilevsky is. But you're, I mean, you're, yeah. He's got he's got the three cups now. He he didn't exactly, you know, he didn't win all the games in all those cup wins either. That's the tough part. Um, mostly because you know hey would they win the first cup when he's a little younger and he's he's over 30 by the time they get into the finals in uh, 2016 so it's just it's just a little bit of a, a little different of a a play there but anyways i i i still i'm giving the edge to Vasilevsky over over Marc Andre Fleury in terms of what he's done early in his career Vasilevsky still got a long career left to go i think that it's likely that he's He's looked at as the best goaltender since that Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh kind of left the game. Like those, those were, those were the guys. I mean, Brodeur retired in what? 2000 and, uh, what was it? 2000, not 2012. He didn't play for them in 2012. Uh, anyways, Brodeur, probably the last best goalie. Uh, but Vasilevsky just bringing it. Um, obviously Shesterkin here uh, again with the with the Rangers uh, wasn't able to pull it out against the Lightning, but Shesterkin, I mean, the other best goaltender in the league right now, uh, probably the Vesna Trophy winner for the regular season, and the New York Rangers are uh, are likely going to be back because of how good that goaltending is. Uh, I think that we're starting to move from this. We had this weird moment in history where. The goaltender was less important. Like, oh, Chicago won with Antti Niemi? Uh, fine. Yeah, we, I mean, I guess we don't need to spend that much on our goaltending because, you know, it's Niemi. And uh, we won no matter what, you know. We we had such a good team. And now Niemi was fantastic in those playoffs. But he was really get, get put in, a, in the right scenario to be able to win. So... When you consider uh, the goalies that were winning the cup, and I'll, I guess Jonathan Quick, he was he was phenomenal. But was but Jonathan Quick, he's not a Hall of Fame goalie, I don't think. He he just had 
two incredible runs. He was a really good goalie for three years. A really good, above average, really solid goaltender. Um, oh, Justin's trying to call me. I'm going to patch him in. For some reason, my my thing's not working there. So we're patching Justin in. Uh, yeah, I'm, Jonathan Quick was, he was a top five goalie, but it was kind of at a weird time in goaltending. There we go. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> what's happening? Hey. Did the uh, did the boss uh, you know what was what was happening with the boss there, dude? So same thing as last time. It's funny. Uh, so we had a a candidate here to interview, which you know happens a few times a week. But uh, it seems like any time I have them scheduled to end at four thirty, everybody goes over, and then my boss is always the last one to interview, and I have to see the candidate out. And of course, she went over just like last time, which is causing the delay for me to start right at five o'clock again. Unbelievable. So I'm like, Bro. I mean, you should get you should get a bonus at least. You know that that I should be you should get uh, like an overage pay. Like, hey, I had to be here late. I'm late for my podcast. By the way, we're recording. We're already about we're nine minutes into recording. Nine minutes. Yeah, I've been talking a lot. I just decided <laughs> to hit the button and just start talking. Uh, so I've already kind of I, I I went through quickly uh, the the Oilers and Avalanche series. So uh, I I was just trying to. You know, just trying to keep things moving, and I was actually just talking about how Jonathan Quick, uh, maybe he's not a Hall of Fame goaltender. Was what I was, uh, what I was going at. Jonathan Quick, in my opinion, not a Hall of Fame goaltender. You might disagree, uh, but the reason I was bringing that up was because I was pondering on the fact that we had this little point in history where teams started to wonder: Do we really need to have a really good goalie to make it far in the playoffs? You know, or like to win a Stanley Cup. And we saw that with like Chicago and Niemi. Uh, you know, you had, I mean, Pittsburgh was using multiple goaltenders. I mean, they were, they were both really good. But I mean, look at, look at how things have, uh, have gone since then uh, for, uh, for the, the guy who is supposed to be the backup for the Pittsburgh Penguins who ends up winning the Cup. Oh my gosh, why can't I think of his name? <laughs> it's gone. Louis Domingue? No, 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 no. Oh, Tristan Jari? No, the guy who actually won the Cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, Matt Murray. <laughs> Matt That's Murray, yeah, about. there you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I my just, mind was on this year's playoffs. That's because like... I've been rambling too much. I, my brain's gone. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he wins them, and then he goes somewhere else, and he's not actually that good. Like, turns out, oh, the team in front of him was really the reason probably why they won, less so than because he – I mean, yeah, he got hot, but – uh, he's not a Hall of Fame goaltender. You know, I, there was just this this time period where it seemed like the in order to get to the finals, you had to have a Hall of Fame goalie like Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur. You had, I mean, Chris Osgood, borderline, you know, borderline Hall of Fame goaltender for what Detroit had. Uh, you had like Curtis Joseph pushing his teams deep in the playoffs. Ed Belfour, these goalies that were the the highest echelon of the league their teams always seem to find their way to the finals. And that hasn't necessarily been the case up until, but like more recently, like Carey Price taking his team to the Stanley Cup finals. You've got Vasilevsky taking his team to the finals three years in a row. And Shesterkin basically by himself taking the Rangers to the conference finals. I, I think you're starting to see a rise in the superstar goalie again, where the teams with the really elite goalies are probably going to win some rounds just because of how good their goaltending is. And that wasn't the case even five years ago. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you 
because look, I I'm I, I'm with you. I don't think Jonathan Quick is a Hall of Fame goaltender, right? Chris Osgood, I could have that debate. I really, uh, man, after watching him step in for Dominic Kosciuk in the 2008 Finals and what he did to win that cup, I mean, maybe you could have made a case for him to, to get that con smite, and then maybe that would be that that piece of hardware, right, that puts him over that edge that a lot of people have in borderline. Because listen, he ranks 13 all times in goals or in wins, so um, that's that's something on its own. Anyways. All that being said, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that teams that have a very strong defensive structure type of game can win with a, a decent goaltender. But for teams that have that superstar goaltender, you're right. It's absolutely possible for them to go a few rounds or even, you know, win a whole round because of the goaltending they have, right? So, um, you know, Barbrowski is the big example I look at, right? If he had been that superstar goaltender that won those Vesnas when he was in Columbus, right, then we'd be talking about a different story with Florida right now, even though they just couldn't score. But, you know, again, because they came up against a superstar goaltender that just shut it down. And Tampa was able to play not only that superstar goaltending, but that superstar system that they have right now. Man, it just it, it compounds and then you just can't do anything if you're Florida, regardless how good of a scoring team you are. Yeah, because, you know, I, I look at Colorado and I I look at them and I go, man, I don't know that. I don't know that there's two there not that they got lucky, but they got lucky in some respects, right? Like they I mean, they 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 were horrible in 2016, 17 was it 2015, 16 or 16, 17 when 16, they 17. when they yeah, when they had 48 points and they end up drafting Kale McCarr. I mean, they were the worst team in the league and they dropped to fourth overall. And then they get Kale McCarr who in reality, could have gone first overall in that draft. Um, I think there's certainly an argument to make for that. Uh, and it's just, I mean, that's that's sort of lucky, right? Like, it is lucky that he fell to four over, fourth overall. Uh, they got lucky getting Bowen Byram, who's in their top six now, uh, because Ottawa tanked the year that they traded Duchesne. They were horrible, and, uh, and they end up getting the fourth overall pick. I mean... They and they think they got Samuel Gerard in that deal too. Um, yeah, they did. So it's just there's three of their top six now. Great general managing, uh, but at the same time, you got to get a little lucky. And it's hard to build the way the Avalanche have built because they have so many superstars on their team. Like it's just that's not necessarily a a model to go out and just repeat. Like yeah, just go out and get a McCarr and a McKinnon. And uh, and then oh, also go out and get like Kadri, who is almost at a freaking hundred points. <laughs> like all these, all these <laughs> other Landis Cog and and Rantanen, and yeah, just go get out, go get some of those in the draft. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what everyone is out to do is to go out and draft five or six superstars. But that is just difficult to do, very difficult. There's a reason why, really. I mean, you've got Colorado. And then you've got now Tampa Bay isn't the same because Tampa. I mean, yeah, they they drafted Hedman and Stamkos and Point. They drafted Sorelli. Uh, they they've done a really nice job drafting. They also, I mean, hey, they they were they were bad first overall. They got Stamkos, bam, <laughs> and it just he's he's fantastic. Is Stamkos the reason why uh, why they've won all these cups? Uh, I think his attitude definitely plays into into a factor but i don't know that 
he's as he's ever been as good as Nathan McKinnon is, at least on their playoff runs. He's had some really great seasons, um, his 60-goal season if for one, but I don't know that he's ever been as good as McKinnon has been very, like, at the McKinnon level. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy, right? Because McKinnon's the type of player who can take over a game, right? Stamkos is a guy who does it quietly. You don't, he's not as flashy in my opinion, right? Right. So right. Stamkos right now is developed. He, to me, is almost like a modern-day Eiserman. Steve Eiserman, kind of, I, I, I said trans- that the other day to Luke. Yeah, he's transformed his game a lot to where he's playing a more, he's blocking shots, he's really playing that good defensive structured game where he's not out there looking for 60 goals every season now because he realizes, hey, you know what? That that doesn't win championships. Right. And and I mean, all right, and they also draft Kucherov. So, yeah, there's there's the there's a model there of, hey, go out and draft unbelievable players. Um, I don't know that it's that easy and it's super repeatable. Like, it's only happened really to a, a few teams. Oh, no, uh, it, ta- it takes a lot of luck to draft guys. Like right. you said, Colorado getting those Kale McCars and, and falling into place, but – you got to look at too Steve Eisenman with Tampa Bay, especially. He went out there and made those moves where maybe you're like, is this really the the right play? Right. For example, the big one I go back to is Jonathan Druan for Mikhail Sergachev, right? You got a guy who is essentially dominating on that third pairing right there, and he comes in and he can lead your power play, you know, when Victor Hedman maybe is a little bit tired and you need to give him a rest. He can step in there. He can go up and down all three pairs, no problem. And you essentially at that time you had Jonathan Druin, who was looked at as possibly like, I, I mean, the next superstar winger who could come in and potentially be a, you know, 80 point guy. Um, you know, granted at the time he wasn't doing that. He didn't have that kind of production, but he was still young enough right. and still developing where you're like, man, they're trading away a potential superstar yeah. here to go out and get themselves a, a defenseman who essentially is just being a third line guy right now. And, and now that defenseman, holy jumping. I mean, he's, he is, uh, I compare him to Nicholas Jalmerson. Not necessarily in all the ways that he plays, but in some respect, just so solid back there. Rarely makes a mistake. He's he's almost like he's not that noticeable. But he just is so good. <laughs> like he he scores the odd goal. Uh but he's going to be that guy. Like at some point he's probably going to leave the Lightning because he'll he'll you know, he'll because of salary cap restraints. Uh, and and in my opinion, he is the Nicholas Jalmerson of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that that guy who, when he leaves, you'll realize how irreplaceable he really is on that back end. Yeah, and so speaking of back end, my favorite trade though of all time. That's uh, <laughs> oh boy, uh, my favorite Tampa Bay trade of all time, Stevie. When he he dealt Nemestikov, Brett Howden uh, again. Nemestikov's a a, a decent bottom six player but brad Howden, he was again, playing on their first line when he dealt him but yeah he was yeah at the time he was for sure brett howden who is a decent middle six guy right now uh labor hachek i we don't hear about him anymore first round pick who turned out to be neil's lung twist who again don't really know who he who is cares, anymore right yeah. i mean he's a yeah who cares and a second round pick that was carl henriksen who again is a nobody and he gets Ryan McDonough and JT yep. Miller. Like, yep. just what a steal. Imagine I mean, if you they stay like J- JT Miller. <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the uh, league would be like. It would be fun to go and be like, what would the league be like if there was no salary cap? Like, who would still be on certain teams? That would be a fun uh, experiment. Oh, uh, that do. would be fun. Um, well, let, let's get into this, uh, the Avs and the Lightning, just a little bit uh, comparing the two teams. Uh, 
I mean, the Avalanche, they tied the record for uh, since 1987 when the league went to all games, all seven game series in the first three round, first all all four rounds. Uh, they tie the. 88 and 87 Oilers, 92 Blackhawks, 95 Wings, 2003 Ducks, 2008 Penguins, and 2012 Kings for the least amount of losses on route to a Stanley Cup final berth. With two. I've only lost With twice. Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, funny thing, well, the Oilers won the Cup in their 87 and 87, or 87 and 88. The Blackhawks lost to the Penguins. The Red Wings lost to the Devils. The Ducks lost to the Devils. The Penguins lost to the Wings. And the Kings won against the Devils. So funny enough, the Devils involved in uh, three three of the what of the eight series in there. Uh, but it looks like, I mean, only three, to, three out of the seven actually ended up going and winning their, their final series. So just because you have an easy first three rounds does not mean anything. Um... Uh, I think that this is, is this, I mean, at least in terms of a hype standpoint, this is the best Stanley Cup final that we've had since maybe Pittsburgh-Detroit 2009, or 2008, oh. right? Uh, 2009, yeah, 2009. Yeah, 2009. I, I think, like, that series was, I mean, an unbelievable hype of a series. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll pull that, I'll pull that a little forward. I'll, I'll say that, that one, that one is a contender. The other contender would be Boston Vancouver 2011. That was a good one. Yeah, I'll give you that. And and like um, going into that series it was like this is going to be a good series. This is going to be great. Like two of two the two best teams in the league at the time were going head to head. And and I would yeah. say the same about Pittsburgh and Detroit. The two best teams in the league were going head to head. And they, yeah, they did it were, two years in a row. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's the even the better part because we got two amazing finals for me as a Red Wings fan, and uh, so disappointing to see Flurry stop that Lindstrom shot to end the series. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I will throw in though because this to me was just there was in terms of hype, not maybe necessarily the best two teams in the league, but just the excitement surrounding the series. To me, the last time was something this palpable was 2018 with the Capitals and Knights, right? Ovi's never won his cup, and the Knights are this brand new franchise that are just yeah. like so fun to watch. Um, that was a, that was an exciting series and for it, me to watch, but it ended up being an, a pretty good series. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, for the for the most part. Did that go six? It won five games, five, but still, yeah. I mean, it was still fun to watch uh, Ovi carry the cup and see some boobs in the, the plexiglass. <laughs> so that was <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. By the way, uh, uh, we, I talked about it when uh, you know when I was by myself. Um, have you seen all the Connor McDavid memes right now? <laughs> No, dude. I guess last night he was caught out with some other girl <laughs> out somewhere, no. and he's just hammered. The hashtag's Mick Hammered. So if you go look that up, you'll you'll see Mick it. Hammered. And there's just a video of him like holding hands with a girl, and he's like looking over his shoulder. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. And so there's, I mean, my hockey Twitter is just meme after meme after meme of of Connor McDavid. One of them is that uh that goal where he goes through like 10 the uh, all five players or four guys and it says Connor McDavid is a human cheat code and then somebody commented <laughs> he sure is off the ice as well. <laughs> There's uh 
yeah there's all sorts of all sorts of memes it's pretty great uh just have to go look that up but anyways um i don't know where i was going with that no no doesn't I'm matter we're road. talking about mcdavid and strippers here That's it's right. fantastic um i just want i want to throw this stat out for you because uh there's a lot of guys to talk about in this series uh probably one that won't get enough conversation is anthony sorelli listen to this stat 251 minutes and 58 seconds five on five this postseason 60 minutes against Zabinijad, 52 against Matthews, and 25 and a half against Barkov. Six total goals in all of that time against. Jeez. I mean. In 251 minutes. I mean, that's, we're, we're talking, what, that's uh, four plus games <laughs> of, of only six goals going in. And he's playing the vast majority of that time. We're like. Was that? That's a hundred and I think one hundred and forty of that two hundred and fifty-one against Zabinijad, Matthews, and Barkov. <laughs> Not to mention the other guys on the ice, like Marner, Kreider, Huberdeau, you know all these other uh, Giroux, all these other guys too. Yeah, Sorelli. I mean, there was. It's funny. I was listening to NHL radio on XM, and like every time they're talking about matchups with the New York Rangers, right? That whole series, they're like, you know, is is Gerard Gallant going to switch things up? Is he going to put Zibanejad with Kreider? Or is he going to, you know, mix things up and go, you know, Panarin and Kreider or load things up, you know, with Zibanejad? But he's just like every time he's he's like throwing out this new line combination for the Rangers to try after Game Three, essentially, or you know, is the series over? He would basically be like, yeah, but you know, Tampa's still going to throw out seventy-one there against <laughs> against whatever top line yep. they throw out, so dude. Like, he's going to play against McKinnon all day. And, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I'd say. I'll say this, because because of that, Sorelli plays maybe the most important role that as any Tampa Bay forward because he is who the whole entire thing's going to revolve around. Almost like, all right, we got to get him out there against McKinnon. Now, I will give John Cooper this that he's not the guy who just goes, we have to put this guy out against this guy every time, uh, but he certainly tries. Uh, but he, I mean, he's got other defensively responsible top forwards. Like he's not afraid if McKinnon is matched up with Kucherov or Stamkos. You know, it's that's that's not a problem. Or or Braden Point, assuming Point's uh, healthy, we'll see how healthy he is. Apparently, he looks good, uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. He's in, been skating on that third line in the depth of a game. We'll see what what that really looks like. Uh, but yeah, I mean you. That's that's really how everything's going to revolve around is who how are we matching him up because if you can use him as an eraser on Nathan McKinnon and that the rest of that line, uh, you, then it's you know can Nazem Kadri uh, come back and like kind of be that X factor? He's been so good. Uh, let's see the the Avs without Kadri since he since he got hurt. They've been out. They've outshot the competition one thirty to seventy eight, and outscored them fifteen to eleven when Kadri's uh, been on the ice at evens. Sorry, that's that's with with him. Sorry, uh, with him. So I mean, he's he's just so he's so important for the Avalanche because of the matchup. He, he they need him on that second line, especially with Braden Point coming back. So uh, they apparently have not ruled him out for Game One. That's the latest. 
Uh, same with Andrew Cogliano. He might be back. So we'll we'll see. I I think any prediction that I'm given for this series is very much contingent on is is point back? It sure looks like it. Is Kadri going to be back? Because that's a that's very telling. Yeah, I I mean, listen, point on that third line is just it's embarrassing the the amount of riches right that Tampa Bay has. If you have that luxury to put a guy like that on your third line and ease him back in, right? Because you still, like you said, you got Stamkos, you got Sorelli, you got two fantastic centers that you don't have to worry about, okay, which one's going to go up against which line. Whereas Colorado, on the other hand, now, because of how important Kadri is to that second line and the flexibility that gives them to, you know, move Landis Gagarantan and up and down, now you have to essentially move, you know, uh, Rantanen to that second line center position. So you do have depth, but also so you have a capable centerman who can, you know, play with Nachushkin and provide an offensive spark on that second line because without it, you know, I, I don't I, I don't think that, you know, Colorado is able to get as much offensive production if you have to stack Landeskog, Rantanen and McKinnon and have to throw somebody else in on that second line center spot. Essentially you only have one line at that point and, you know, some de- again again, they're still decent players, but you know, when you look yeah, at that what all, that all has, discounts like Nichushkin, who has been phenomenal the back half of this season, uh, right. maybe the best like from a guy from from the first half of his season to the last half probably uh, would win a little like most improved player award. Uh, he's been <laughs> that good. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we, we can talk all sorts of matchups. Ultimately, though, the matchup that matters the most in this series is. Francouz Kemper versus Vasilevsky. That's it right there. That's uh that's gonna be a monster of a matchup for the Colorado Avalanche. And you know, do they have and this is the question all along, all season long. Do they have the goaltending to win the Stanley Cup? It's gotten them this far. But Yeah. But <laughs> But's the big question, right? And the teams that they've been able they've had to go against uh, have, I mean the the Oilers certainly tested uh, tested Francouz, but I, I just this is a different animal. <laughs> the Lightning are a different animal, and uh, they're they're maybe the best team of our generation. I'll say our generation in terms of like maybe the last like twenty years. Uh, I, oh, I'm trying to I, I'm. I mean, I don't. I'm, I don't know who I would. What team I'd compare them to in this sense? Maybe the uh, Devils, uh, that New Jersey team. This is a team that, even though they lose, like, hey, they lost a couple games early. They've been down in a in in two of the series, and they were down one nothing, two one, and three two in the series against the Leafs, and they were down two nothing to the Rangers. This is a team that can adjust and just dominate. They go, oh, that's how you want to play. Okay. And then it's over. Like that's how they've done it all along the way. I mean, the two, the the other series in their in this three year run that went to seven games was against the New York Islanders, a very difficult team last year to play against. Uh, and they did the same thing. They had to adjust. They adjusted and they did it well. But I mean, that's it's incredible that out of the what is it eleven series that they've won in a row now, that. Only two of those series have gone to seven games. The other nine have be have been six, 
five, four, five, or six. So uh, they've they've been able to dispose of people pretty quickly too. Uh, and I just think that they're the best in our generation of adapting to what the other team is doing and exposing it and coming up with a fantastic game plan. Uh, that may be complete tip of the cap to John Cooper. Uh, it's also, you know, the players that they have and their ability to adjust their own game to kind of combat what the other teams are doing. So I, it wouldn't surprise me here if the Colorado Avalanche come out and win game one, even though everyone's talking about, oh, they're rusty. They've had eight days off. We I talked about this actually before you were you were on here. <laughs> I, I said I, I think it's a horrible take that the uh, the abs are going to be rusty. Because it, it's less of a deal going into the finals to get some break than it is going from like the first round to the second round. Where like... The first round of the second round, that team who won in game se- in seven games, they're still got lots of energy. They're still they're likely pretty healthy, and they just go and and they continue that momentum. But coming into the finals, I don't think there's anything better than getting a little bit of rest because everyone's banged up. Even the players that aren't quote unquote injured, there's everyone's got little bang ups, and nothing can be better than giving your body some time to rest before going into the series that is going to be the most grueling. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I don't really believe in it, right? I mean, some teams it affects them, some teams it doesn't. Um, so really, it's just it's to me, it's the flip of the coin, right? You know, how well have you prepared in between games, and how much have you you know skated, kept the legs fresh? that sort of stuff. And into it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a big mental thing too, right? When it comes to just time off, right. You're just mentally not ready to start that series. And I think, you know, for example, the, you know, the last series against the Rangers, that's kind of what happened with the Tampa Bay lightning. They just mentally weren't, you know, there yet because they had had so much time off after disposing of the Florida Panthers. And so, um, you know, I, I also wonder big- though, it, is that just our like, Oh, see, they lost the game coming out of that. So, it was probably because of the rest or was it just that, Hey, the Rangers had a better game plan going into that series and right. they, they, they did better early, but Tampa Bay has such an ability to adjust that Tampa almost uses that first game as, as a gauge. Like, all right, how's this? Oh, okay. Now we got it. All right. Exposed. <laughs> and, and before <laughs> you know it, they've, they're, they're right back in the series. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that could essentially be their game plan, right? So they, they kind of play rope dope. They sit back and they let you come at them, do your thing, and then they counterpunch, right? I mean, and, and and it's easy to do that too because Tampa Bay is so good in the middle of the ice. They clog things up. It's hard for you to play your game, and so that's yeah. how Tampa Bay kind of baits you. They've got that wall and the blue line, right? It's <laughs> and and so I'd be interested to see how Colorado does. Um, you know whether or not their high flying offense is going to be able to adjust once Tampa Bay puts that wall up, once they figure out Colorado's game, right? Are they going to be able to adjust? Because, again, they're a little, in my opinion, top-heavy when it comes to their big three with Ranton and Landeskog and McKinnon. So, you know, is Kadri healthy? Is he going to come back and give you that ability to adjust a little bit? You can swap guys, you know, in your top six, in and out, and, you know, have that opportunity. And, you know, again, and then another thing Kadri brings to this this series that is going to be very – you know, missed is that agitation, that little bit of sandpaper he usually brings too. So if you're, you know, lacking a bit of that, cause you know, Tampa Bay knows how to play that game. They, they have no problem, you know, playing a little sandpaper with you too. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny, just people just talk about how dominant Colorado was 
and I go back and I look, you know, the, throughout the regular season, the two highest scoring teams, Florida and Toronto, they dispose of them in the first two rounds right. and then go and play <laughs> the Rangers, who they just essentially only gave up like one five on five goal. It was just an embarrassment. Uh, unbelievable. As as even strength is just unbelievable. So if you're Colorado, you better, you better hope that, uh, man, you can adjust and that your five on five game is there. Cause if not, it's going to be a quick series for you. Okay. Uh, let's, let's give some, uh, some predictions here, uh, to close things out. Uh, we've, we've got the Tampa Bay playing for Corey Perry, who is, uh, the second player in the history of the league to go to the finals three years in a row with three different teams. The last time it happened, of course, Marion Hosa, and, uh, he wins with Chicago in the third year. So, uh, will this be his lucky third time in the finals, uh, to, to win a cup granted he's already won a cup but uh to win to win again um or did the abs go out and win one for eric johnson who has uh he's he's been in the league a good a long time 34 years old and uh you know he didn't even he didn't even play in the second round until 12 years into his career uh so those are those i guess are those are the two guys that have been in the league the longest with no cups on on either team uh well not no cup Perry has a cup, but I guess there's not many guys on Tampa Bay without a cup. <laughs> Nick Paul, Nick Paul, I guess. But Patty Maroon playing for four cups in a yes, row. Let's talk yes, about that. And Patty Maroon playing for four cups are unbelievable, oh my, dude. Unbelievable. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so I guess who are you who are you going for? who are you pulling for? I I want to like at this point in the game, you know, usually you have a team you're like I want to see this team win it. Who do you want to win it? Not who do you think is going to win it. Who do you want to win it? My want is Tampa Bay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how often, and you know, in our lifetime, I mean, we've seen a couple back-to-backs. I mean, you know, Detroit, yeah, Detroit Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It's it's been there, right? And we've we've witnessed some really great teams. And but Pittsburgh technically twice, but I was sure. five and six years old, so don't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so how often do we really get to see a dynasty like this, right, where they just go back to back to back? And uh, and, and you, know, you know what? They There's there's two other teams in North American sports that have won back-to-back-to-backs uh, in our lifetime, I guess you say, is that's the, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. They did it in what, like uh, 2000, 2001, and 2002, I think is the years. Or it might be one, two, three, I don't remember. But anyway, early 2000s. Um, and then the Yankees did it in the late nineties or like late nineties, early 2000 kind of vibe. Oh, I remember those teams. Oh yes. And you hated those teams. Everyone, <laughs> everyone hated the Yankees, that, that Yankees team, that iteration, everyone hated those teams. Uh, and the, the Lakers people hated them. I mean, that's why it was so fun when the, when the Pistons beat them, uh, and, I mean, I think in the finals there were some games where they were scoring like sixty something points. It was unbelievable. Uh, but <laughs> those are the teams that usually like people hate them. I don't think that many people hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like they're just not really a team that you're like, oh gosh, I hate the Lightning. I, I don't want to see them succeed. It's it's funny. Uh, you you really don't. I at least at least for me, I I don't. Well, no, because listen, you look at like past Stanley Cup winners, right? Like for example. Colorado, it's easy to hate them because a lot of people just don't like Nazem Kadri because of, uh, you know, his suspensions in the past and, um, you know, how he's kind of a little bit of a grittier player, uh, you know, 
teams like Washington, for example. People just don't like Tom Wilson, again, because of the suspensions. Things like that. It's it's easy to hate those teams, whereas you look at, I mean, Tampa Bay is their guys, like Hedman, for example. He's been nominated for Norris like six years in a row. Right. How the frick do you, I mean, how do you hate a guy like that that's so good? Vassy. He's been the top goaltender like almost every and, year. It and Stamkos like just has the best attitude. Like when you he's hear, a likable guy. When you hear him interview, like the fact that first off that he's the one who goes out and does all those interviews in between the periods, like that's a true captain. Uh, which again just continually reminds me of Eiserman. I said it. I have said it so many times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. He he's just so likable. The only guy that maybe is like a little a little unlikable is Kucherov, but like I think he's just funny. <laughs> like I I think right? he's just kind of a he's he's not like a bully. He just is you know hey he he's gonna stand up for himself and but he's very funny. Um, yeah, I think that this is like the most likable f- potential dynasty in our lifetime because again oh, the other dynasty would be the Patriots, right? <laughs> and. And we all know how people feel about the Patriots. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. You, you want the Lightning to win. I think it would be unbelievable to see a team win three years in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, pull, I'm, I'm pulling for the Lightning, too. I want them to win uh, just because, I don't know, I feel I, also they beat the Leafs. So at least I can say they <laughs> lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, now, who do you think is going to win? Oh, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Okay. Yeah, I think they've done the best job of adjusting to a team's game. I mean, you know, yes, Colorado ran into a little bit of a road bump with St. Louis, and I think really had Bennington not put on a show a few games, they probably would have rolled over St. Louis a little bit easier Um, because I don't think St. Louis really adjusted their game well enough uh, like Tampa Bay can. And so, you know, you, I mean, yes, we saw Tampa Bay roll over Florida, but for the most part, I've seen them adjust against New York. I've seen them adjust against Toronto, who I was I was legitimately worried that Toronto was coming out on top of that series after picking Tampa. So, um, yeah. So I, if anything, it just gives me it gives me more validation that you know Tampa Bay went and they just they adjusted. They knew how to to battle each series, and they they faced some adversity. Where really, I mean, I don't think Colorado faced much adversity at all getting in there. So, That's true. Uh, how many games? <laughs> how many games? Boy, this one I I could honestly see this one going six or seven. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say seven. Uh, okay. And unfortunately for Colorado, they have to lose it at home. Yeah, yeah, that would be a losing at home. Um, man, it's uh, I I every time I've picked against Colorado, it's always gone it's always gone the other way. Um, and every time I pick against Tampa, it goes the other, <laughs> the other way. So I don't know who to pick. Um. I, I'm gonna go with the goaltender. Vasilevsky has been otherworldly. Uh, he's probably gonna win another Conn Smythe. Uh, be the first goalie since Bernie Perrant to win back-to-back Conn Smythe trophies. I think he might be the only one. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go with Tampa. Um, I'm gonna say that Tampa takes it in six, and that they win it in Tampa, just because I think I like that, that. that would be fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, I. Th- I I wonder. I, I also, if Kadri is like fully, fully healthy, well, then we'll go seven. <laughs> we'll say that fully yeah, healthy all I mean, series long. 
really what kind of you know health are you getting out of Braden Point and Kadri yep. to me are the X yep. factors in these series, right? And I'm with you too. I think Vassy is, you know, if you had to really just toss it up 50-50, right? Vassy's the he's the deal breaker. He's the guy that's going to come in here and steal this series if a goaltender's going to do it, right? Because I don't think Kemper's, no. you know, maybe not healthy enough. But he's not going to steal. Capable, Neither goalie's right? going to steal. Uh, for Colorado, it's going to have to be their offense, which has been fantastic. 4.64 goals a game in the playoffs. Unbelievable. So, And they are uh, third third in goals against, and Tampa is second. So uh, the, it's it's going to be a tight series. And I, th- I think we'll probably have some of those like 6-5 kind of games, but we could also have some 2-1-3 like shutout style games as well. I think it'll yeah, be a lot I'm of hoping fun. for some I'm hoping for some really tight like last minute goals like what Tampa Bay's been doing all yes, year. Yes. Uh you know, like three two, four three games. I love it. All right. Well that's our show. Uh Stanley Cup final start Wednesday night. And uh it's actually on ABC. It's uh you can pull it off the the old antenna if you want to. Uh, hockey on broadcast TV for the finals for the first time in a little while. I it it was on NBC sometimes, but I don't think the like till later in the series or something like that. I don't, if I remember right, but anyways, yep. Uh, enjoy those. Find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and let us know what you think of the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys real soon. Enjoy the finals. <laughs>